Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. The Tech Feed. The Tech Feed. With Andy Wells. Today we are off to the moon. Nokia Bell Labs recently announced that later this year they will deploy their first cellular network on the moon. And my special guest today to talk about why and how is Thierry Klein, president of Bell Labs Solutions Research at Nokia. Thanks for joining me, Thierry. Thanks, Andy. Uh, Pleasure to be here. Great. So this idea of putting, I guess, what we would describe as a mobile phone tower on the moon. Now, I'm not sure you get too many subscribers to a phone service there. So what's it for? Let's start with what this mission is about. This is really a technology demonstration mission that uh, NASA awarded us a contract a couple of years back to essentially take the same cellular technology that you and I use every day in our, our daily lives and take that same technology and show and demonstrate and validate that we can take that same technology and deploy it in uh, in space and specifically on the lunar surface with ultimately demonstrating the capabilities of that technology in these harsh environments to support future uh, lunar missions uh, and eventually f- future missions to Mars. NASA is looking to head back to the moon in 2024. Is this the sort of technology that they'll be able to take advantage of when they go there? Yeah, absolutely. We we certainly believe that when you look at future missions, whether it's NASA missions or other governments or commercial missions, they all need advanced communication capabilities, uh, whether it's for voice, video, data, um, there's an increased need for communication for astronauts to communicate to each other, robotic assets that need to be controlled, scientific payloads that send data. So the amount of data that need to be communicated uh, on the lunar surface and then back to Earth will just increase compared to what we've we've seen 50 years ago uh, with Apollo. So the plan is definitely to validate this technology in this first mission and then eventually use that same technology in uh, in future crewed and uncrewed missions. I guess most of your work, of course, is being done down here on planet Earth. So you're saying that this work you're doing on the moon mobile technology will help you also inform on other projects you're working on? Yeah, certainly. Um, the, if you look at the characteristics of a network on the moon, um, size, weight and power matter tremendously. Uh, we also need to do a lot of integration Uh, of hardware and software components into as small a form factor as possible. All of those attributes are really important for um, a lot of enterprise networks as well on terrestrial environments or industrial environments uh, on Earth. Some of the environments where we deploy networks, uh, such as maybe a a mine in Australia, also pretty harsh environments. And so a lot of the lessons learned from these these networks on the moon, uh, we can bring that back. We also uh, need to be able to operate networks remotely. Uh, so these networks have to be completely autonomous, completely standalone, without anybody present to uh, to push a reboot button. And and those attributes are also important uh, when you deploy networks in uh, in remote environments on Earth. So it's we like to say that we take technologies from Earth to the Moon, but then the lessons learned will will bring those technologies and those lessons learned back to Earth as well. I guess you touched on it a little bit there. The the actual design is going to be quite different, and from the images I've seen, your um. I'll call it a mobile phone tower. It looks more like a Mars rover. Uh, why is that? Yeah. So let me let me describe a little bit what that that network actually is. It's it's for uh, surface communication on the on the lunar surface. Uh, the network uh, itself, or what you refer to as the the network tower, will be deployed on the lunar lander, and then we're connecting uh, rovers uh, to the lunar network. So the equivalent of your smartphone would be on a rover that is deployed by the lander and drives around on the lunar surface 
and then communicates its uh, its data back to uh, the lander. So that network is that would be traditionally between your phone and your mobile tower will be between a, a rover and a lunar lander. That makes sense. So you've got you've got multiple pieces of hardware that need to be deployed to, to form this network. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a complete end-to-end network. Starts with uh, we call the user equipment, which is the the piece, the equivalent of your smartphone that would go onto the rover. There are antenna systems. Um, there is a network equipment that that forms the the heart of the network. It's really your your base station, your mobile tower, but all integrated in a very small form factor. And then there's lots of software that's deployed to operate and manage and control the network. I also think a big part of this undertaking that deserves to be explained is the how. When building all of this technology you're going to put on the moon, you've got to get it there first. And as part of that, you have to build it so it actually has to survive the journey to the moon as well, right? Yeah, and that's actually the real um, research and engineering challenge for us. Uh, as I said, the the point is to show that the technology that we use every day can be used. So at the core of it, um, at the starting point for building this network, it's really a Nokia commercial product. But then we do a lot of hardware software integration to shrink the, the form factor down. And then a lot of engineering goes into the environmental hardening. Uh, it starts with a rocket launch uh, shock vibration acceleration during a rocket launch, the transit to the moon, the landing on the moon. Uh, so the equipment has to be really hardened to withstand those accelerations and, and vibrations. And then it has to operate under extreme temperature conditions and radiation patterns that uh, we're not experiencing on Earth. So a lot of the work goes into that um, that environmental uh, hardening. Now, as we mentioned earlier, we get some pretty extreme environments down here on Earth. But in terms of extremities uh, up on the moon, what are we talking in terms of temperature and radiation? Temperature, if you look at a, a lunar day, during uh, between lunar day and lunar night, you can have a 300 degree swing between the maximum and the minimum temperature. Radiation is also quite harsh in terms of particles that you're exposed to on the lunar surface because there is not the same, uh, no atmosphere that that you have on Earth. So that has impact on your electronics and your ability of for your electronics to function properly. And, uh, And we need to guard against all of that, either with hardware capabilities or software capabilities that help you recover from any um, failures that might be induced by the radiation. Who will you be uh, hitching a ride with to to get to the moon? So uh, we are partnering uh, really with two uh, startups in the in the space industry. Uh, the primary partner is a company out of Houston called Intuitive Machines, and they're building this um, this lunar lander that uh, we mount our equipment on. And then the rover is built by a company called uh, Luna Outpost out of Colorado. So they built um, that space hardware and we mount our network uh, on uh, the rover and the lander. And um, and then there's a, a, a rocket launch from uh, from SpaceX that will uh, get us off the ground and, and provide the transport to space. And um, will that be a completely autonomous mission or is there any people going along as well? No, this one uh, is an uncrewed mission. Um, I would love to be on that mission myself, but uh, unfortunately it's an uncrewed mission. Um, but uh, we will. The network will be completely autonomous. So once the lander touches down on the in the South Pole area of the Moon, the network will autonomously be powered up and uh, configure itself and and operate autonomously. But we will have capabilities from Earth to monitor the performance of the network, and we can make uh, changes and remotely control it, remotely reboot it if if necessary. But the intent is 
for it to completely uh, operate on its own. Right. Theory, once you've got this um, all set up and up and running, what's your, your long-term hopes for the project? The hope is really that beyond this demonstration mission, we validate that we can provide uh, capabilities for future crewed and uncrewed missions. We, we believe that uh, the space industry should not look to reinvent the wheel and uh, develop its own communication technologies, but uh, should really leverage all the investments that the telecom industry has made. We developed some of the most advanced uh, communication technologies that we've ever imagined. Why would the space industry not leverage those capabilities? Um, of course, the environment is different, so a lot of the hardware, software integration, the hardening needs to happen, but at core, the, the technology should be leveraged. So our our ambition is for any future uh, missions to the moon or later to Mars would build on fundamentally the same technology that you and I use every day. I'm looking forward to seeing how this all plays out for you. And I'm sure plenty of people will be interested in, in following the progress of the mission. Uh, what's the best place for people who want more information on it and, and to actually follow how it's all going? So uh, I would say there's two places you could you could follow. You could go on the Nokia Bell Labs webpage. We have quite a bit of uh information, details. Uh, we have a regular series of blogs where we provide updates on different development uh, stages and uh, lots of information on the technology itself. And then I would uh, suggest uh, the audience to listen and watch out for the Intuitive Machines 2 mission, uh, which is scheduled for later this year, early next year. It's a quite interesting mission beyond us. There are also some other scientific payloads uh, on that mission. And uh, one of the scientific objectives is to to go to the lunar south pole and look for water and ice on the lunar surface. So beyond it being the first uh, cellular communication network, it could also be the first mission that would um, find um, evidence of water and ice on the moon. The tech feed will now terminate. Visit techdaily.com.au. Theory, thanks again for the chat and uh, all the best for the moon project. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for having me.